everybody. Welcome to the Stepping Off Now podcast. I'm Kendra. Before I get into it today, I would like to invite you to share my podcast with anyone you think might be interested in it or need to hear what I have to say. Also, if you are interested in supporting my work, you can find links in my show notes on how to do that. I have several pretty cool Patreon tiers that people can sign up to, plus some other goodies to check out there. And thank you, as always, for listening and spending this time with me. And now on to the show. I have been thinking the last couple days about matters of authenticity. This is kind of a buzzword right now. You hear it a lot. And that makes sense because we live in a performative world. People tend to think that This applies only to social media, but it's true in real-life spaces as well. All of us are performing something, whether we're aware of it or not. And this is natural and normal for human beings. We grow up learning how to be human beings, right? Because we're a part of cultures, families, societies that have certain behavioral norms and ways of thinking about what the right ways to behave are, and we are socialized into those as we mature. But for anyone who has been to other countries or even in their own country, if they've traveled to places where the culture is different, you'll find that, of course, there are many different ways to be human and to behave and to think. One interesting example is what it means to be polite versus what it means to be rude. And I grew up in the north of the United States, the Northeast. Well, I'm from Delaware, so that's really kind of smack dab in the middle of the eastern seaboard, but it's considered fairly north. And I now live in the south. And in the south, people say, yes, sir, and yes, ma'am. That's considered very polite. Whereas in the north, it is not It isn't necessarily considered rude, but people are going to raise their eyebrows at you and probably not be super comfortable. And I have come across people from the north down here in the south who really take offense at being called, yes, ma'am. I knew a woman who hated it. To her, it just felt offensive. It's a piece of performative politeness that works very well in Southern culture, and it sounds very good, and it makes you feel very good, or at least that's the way it's supposed to, that does not work at all when you take it out of that environment, or someone from a different environment encounters it when they're here. In a general sense, being performative is just a normal, everyday part of being human. But usually when people talk about being performative, they talk about it in the sense of falseness or inauthenticity. So you might hear it used in current U.S. culture, like performative wokeness or something like that. There's this idea that when people are being performative, they're trying to signal certain things about themselves to others that has the intention of creating a certain image around the person being performative. And yes, that is, in fact, exactly what being performative is. I'm just trying to point out that it is not inherently a negative thing to be performative. So let's take this down to the personal level now. Certain types of 
personalities find performativity very difficult because they're inclined towards authentic interactions. For people like this, being in spaces that seem to require a type of performativity like social media, but any kind of group environment where the communications and interaction of the group become about performing certain social norms, that is going to be uncomfortable. And we will start to experience a separation from the self because we're going to feel a pressure, most of it internal to ourselves, that we're putting on ourselves. But inevitably, when you're part of a larger group of human beings in any public space, be it social media or an in real life public space, there's going to be that that pressure to conform to what we understand to be or imagine to be the right way to do things. We're going to want to do that. We're going to feel that pressure. We're going to feel it from the group and we're going to create it within ourselves. And this is what time and time again leads us to try things, do things, and even think things that are contrary to who we really are, to our natures, and take us away from our true selves. This is why I think that our lives are very much a series of moving away from ourselves and then returning back as we understand, increasingly understand who we are, what our natures are, and experience that that feeling of separation from the self that we get when we try to conform to other ways of thinking and other ways of being. So there's a feeling of, I think, increased authenticity of the self as those two processes unfold, the attempt towards conformity and then the return to self with increased understanding. The interesting thing is that we generally know what we are, but we may not consciously realize, or we may not be ready to accept that. And I'm going to give you a couple examples from my life of how this has played out recently. The first has to do with social media. When I started my creative business, the way you learn how to use social media is you kind of look around to see what other people are doing, right? So I looked at what other people who have, quote, successful creative businesses similar to mine were doing. And then I would try to mimic their style with my tweets or Instagram posts. And it's easy to think that when you do that successfully, you have therefore been successful. But when you're doing something that is contrary to your nature, you feel discomfort with it. And we're told that we should step into discomfort. And so a lot of times we excuse that. Or we think that it's even a good thing. We think, oh, well, I'll get better at it. I'll get used to it. I'm feeling discomfort because I'm stepping outside of my comfort zone and challenging myself. And these are all very positive things, right? Not necessarily. I think that there's a difference between challenging yourself in a way that feels rewarding and challenging yourself in a way that causes you to feel that discomfort that is the signal that you're moving away from who you really are, your true self. There's that separation of self occurring. And that's what I felt when I was doing all that stuff with social media in the beginning. And I tried a lot of different things with my posts that 
just made me feel uncomfortable. And so I would be like, okay, well, that type of post isn't something I want to continue doing. And so I didn't, but then I would try something else. And the very funny thing about all of this is that eventually, guess what kind of posts I finally landed on as <laughs> the, the kind of posts that are going to work for me? Exactly the kind of posts I was doing all along before I started trying to make my posts into something when I tried to be performative. I ended up returning to the personal, authentic, kind of haphazard and inconsistent style that was mine all along. But now I can appreciate that that's what suits me. So it feels more intentional that I'm like that now. Here's another example. Took this entrepreneurship course in the latter half of last year because I'm trying to run a creative business. I'm trying to be a creative entrepreneur and I had a lot to learn. The course was fantastic. I've spoken of it before. It was the Vision 2020 course through the Happy Startup School. Very well worth it. But (laughs) in the final meeting of the course, this is what I said. I said, you know, I have learned a lot of stuff about being an entrepreneur. I've absorbed it. And what I've learned is that I just want to write. I'm a writer. I just want to write. I want to write my novel. I want to write my ebook. I want to write my blog. I want to do this podcast, which I see as an extension of my writing. That's just what I want to do. That's all I want to do. And that was all stuff I was doing before the course. And all along, I mean, probably in the very first meeting of of the course, I said something along the lines of, I'm a writer and I just want to sit in my room alone and write. (laughs) So it was like I was saying that all along, but I wasn't hearing myself. I thought that I had to learn all of these entrepreneurship skills in order to be something when in actuality, all I need to be is who I am. And I've always been that person. So I experienced that separation of the self only to return back to myself and realize that what I knew and what I was all along is what I need to be. But again, the experience allowed me to return with greater recognition of who I am, greater acceptance, and greater intentionality in terms of how I want to be in the world. I've experienced this kind of thing again and again in life, and it seems to be increasingly recently because I I now do have a greater understanding of who I am. So when I experience that separation of the self and stray from my internal compass, I come back pretty quickly. I think that this is actually a good thing. I do think that trying on different types of ways of being and thinking about things from multiple perspectives is a way of finding greater understanding of ourselves. So that's none of that is wasted, is what I mean, is that when you do come back to yourself, the experience that brought you back is extremely valuable. And from a longitudinal perspective, when I look at my entire life, and maybe you can think about this in terms of your own life and the things that you know to be truths about yourself that maybe you've ignored or haven't really intentionally and consciously recognized. I've always known that I'm a writer. I mean, it's just a thing I've always known. I've always known who I am. When I look back at childhood, I can so clearly see all of the things about myself and who I am encapsulated by 
who I was as a child and how I behaved, what I was naturally drawn to, what I naturally wanted to avoid. And so just in the same way that life is in the short term, a series of these kinds of cycles of departing from the self and returning, at a grander scale, life is about returning to the self as you mature. So we probably know very well who we are as children, but as we mature, we depart from that, right? As we try on different identities and we experiment with different things, all part of the normal natural process of figuring out who we are. But what I'm trying to get at here is that we already know who we are. We don't need to become anything else, but maybe we need to experience trying in order to return to the self and fully claim and inhabit who we truly are. I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people who has to try all the wrong roads before I settle on the right road. I've just always been that way. Even when I know that that's the right road, I'm probably still going to be like, well, just in case, let me try this other one. <laughs> that didn't work out. Okay, well, I'm going to try this other one first, you know, and then finally, I'll, I'll settle on the right road that I knew was the right road all along. And I think part of that is just being an experimental type as well. I think that it's easy to feel that we do need to perform. We do need to become something that what we seek for ourselves is out there for us to find and requires some kind of changing of the self, adapting of the self in order to achieve that, in order to claim it. But I increasingly don't think that that's true. Increasingly, I believe that fulfilling our potential is about looking ever inward and exploring the realms of ourselves in a way that allows us to fully inhabit them, sort of like a hand slipping into a glove and allowing your fingers to inhabit the glove in a way that gives that glove substance and form, right? So that's sort of the feeling of the process that I'm talking about here in terms of the self. I mean, to really stretch this metaphor past its <laughs> usability, it's like you can't fill a glove from the outside, right? You can try really hard to pull those fingers out like so that they look like there's a hand inside, but there's no getting around that you you have to you have to fill it from the inside if you want it to perform its function. And that's how I I see the self that we we can never fully expand the self to its full potential by trying to adapt the self to outside expectations and conditions. That we can only perform our function in the world if we are truly inhabiting ourselves from the inside out. And this is why I think that experiments with performativity can be valuable. And that having this perspective that it's all experimentation is a helpful one to have because that keeps us from taking any of this stuff too seriously. And it helps put us in a frame of mind of these aren't things that I have to do. I don't have to be this certain way, behave this certain way, think this certain way. I'm just trying it on and paying attention to how it makes me feel. If it feels like a hand fitting a glove or if the fit isn't any good, if there's that discomfort involved. Because each time you experience something like this, and there's so many things throughout every day in terms of our interactions with the world outside of ourselves that 
call for us to experience this kind of thing. So you certainly will not lack for opportunity, (laughs) is what I'm saying. We can use it as a way of returning to ourselves. And this can be very challenging. This is the last point I want to make about this. It's natural for us to want to conform to outside expectations or our internalized version of those, which may be real, they may be imagined, but they're very real in the sense that we feel the pressure We feel the pressures of these things. And this is a practice like anything else. And in the beginning, it may feel easier to just conform, to just do the thing, to just perform the thing that you're supposed to. Because when you don't, you might get pushback. You might get criticism. At the very least, you're going to feel uncomfortable, possibly even more uncomfortable than the discomfort of performing in a way that isn't suited to your nature. But notice the difference between those two things, the, the, the discomfort of going against your nature and the uncomfortableness of going against external expectations or your internalized version of those. Those are two distinct feelings, and learning the difference between them is essential if you want to ever more fully inhabit yourself. And in the beginning, this will feel like a very delicate thing. So go easy on yourself. Even small, tiny steps are still steps. And some days you may have more energy for this type of work, practice, than others. Some days you may decide that conforming to expectations is the right thing to do, and that's fine too. You'll work through a way of finding balance and insight for yourself as you go along. This isn't about making some big stand, being some kind of societal rebel or anything like that. It's about a more quiet process of paying attention to your own feelings and making small adjustments in your mindset or your own expectations for yourself, your own behaviors as you go along. This can be a very gentle process if you make it that way. So always be gentle with yourself and then be even more gentle than that with yourself. Treat yourself the way that you would want others to treat you. I think that you'll find over time that your clarity around how you want to be in the world, how you want to present, how you want to spend your time, what kind of mindset you want to have and exist in, in terms of your interactions with the outside world, all of this will start to make more sense and you'll develop more self-confidence around it. And you really will feel like you're coming home to yourself, like you're returning to yourself, like you are that hand that is filling the glove of the self. <laughs> Sorry, I just I just have to laugh because I know that I'm like beating that metaphor to death. <laughs> but I think you understand what I'm trying to say here, that it will feel like a homecoming. It will feel like comfort. And you'll increasingly feel at peace with yourself, with the world, because you'll, you'll know yourself and your place in it. And that is my wish for you and for myself. I hope you have a wonderful week and I will see you next Friday. 